We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, we're still in the midst of NBA basketball season to, to our dismay. To our dismay, last night, uh, I, I'm glad I didn't play last night. Last night was uh, based on uh, seeing what happened pre lock, post lock, uh, better been by your computer. I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference, though. I mean, I think a lot of the the value that we had previously w- was was ended up doing fine, but uh, we we had we had some late injury news, right? All of a sudden, Le- LeBron questionable. He's always questionable, but then he decides not to play, and I think that came that news came out. I think literally a minute after lock, so he had to do a lot of late swapping there. And then Christian Wood, he, he doesn't want to play, so uh, so Alperin Sengun. Got the start. I mean, I, he did, I mean, 28.5 points for 4,400. I mean, he was fine. I mean, he was in 50% of the top 1% lineups. But uh, but yesterday, was it was it was what we expected from the very beginning, that it was going to be Brandon Williams and a bunch of Warriors, right? Because all those guys, everyone was sitting. Everyone was sitting for the Warriors. Everyone. seemed like everyone was. Uh, and uh, and Poole did, Poole did fine. Poole did, Lee didn't, but he was 3,400. But you had uh, Kaminga, okay, and uh, Moses Moody, thirty-eight points. I think the big dud of the night was uh, was Josh Hart. Uh, depending on what site you were playing on, I think he was more popular on FanDuel than he was on DraftKings. But still, sixteen percent owned. He ended up with only nineteen points. Uh, we take a look at the the, the leaderboard. Shady advice. Uh, Brandon Williams, Kev, Kevin Looney, thirty-five points. Moses Moody. Jordan Poole. So yeah, three Warriors, Brandon Williams. Uh, then with LeBron out, uh, you either played like Westbrook or Monk or something like that. That did fine. Randall had a big game. Cade Cunningham, Deontay Murray. Yeah, you just 
you fit fit in the fit in it you know, as, as much as you can towards the top. I know Luca Jokic had good games, but uh, but they were they were very expensive. So we take a look at the second place, right? Oh, we also had Vucevic. Oh, we forgot about that. What hell of a slate last night. Uh, Vuce got got ruled out. So uh, Tristan Thompson drew the start. I guess I mean uh, the twenty three points for thirty two hundred, pretty good, right? All, all flame emojis here. Three eighty eight seventy five. So not bad with Joel Embiid with 74 points. Luca with 76 points. Here's Forsaken's lineup with Sengun and Jokic, right? But still, you got three Warriors and Brandon Williams. You got Brandon Williams and one, okay, only one. Chet Abisco only had one Warrior in here. But uh, yeah, THT, I guess. Yeah, you could have played THT on the Lakers. Cade Cunningham, you put Sengun and Thompson, and then you're able to pay up for Luca. Okay, that makes sense. Giant Squid's best lineup. Uh, oh, also, and Edwards was out also. I, uh, dude, the, the, the injury news. Can they just do it all at one time? Patrick, because Patrick, because and Edwards is out, so that raises, you know, Towns, Beverly, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I guess, a little bit. But still, he still had Moody, still had Poole, still had Brandon Williams, 53% owned for Williams, 66% owned for Poole. Their, their projections were through the roof. Their projections, uh, we had both Williams and Poole at like salary adjusted value plus 12 plus 14, something like that. When, it, when it's at that range, especially at those prices, 3,800 and 5,300, you just, you just play. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you get around that. We take a look across the board on a bunch of sharper players, 150 maxing on DraftKings. Uh, you see Poole 66% owned and we could see all this dark green, right? Right, Petty Theft, 98%, Oxen Duck, 93%, the Colts, 82, Brick, 80, 98, 86, 86. You probably, you probably should have played Jordan Poole. Brandon Williams, very similar. We had some, we had like Chipotle only 22, Petty Theft only 35, but still for the most part, most most of the field was uh was was very over. Damien Lee, uh, I mean still Damien Lee, Russell Westbrook. We only put up 37 points for 8,100. Does it? Can he play basketball anymore? Is that guy, is, is he worth it anymore? The Lakers are a mess. Uh, Kaminga mixed, but still for the most part, most people had at least some Kaminga. Uh, Sengun, we could see who 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 uh, late swapped and who didn't late swap. I think Royal Payne and Chipotle Attic just didn't even bother because look, Thompson also. So Sengun and Thompson to have zero means that. Basically, once lock hit, these guys just went to just, I don't know, went out and partied or something. Because uh, you would have some. Like, I can understand being like, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm going to be light. Light on these guys. Don't play them that much. But you weren't going to play zero, right? Sengun was 27% owned. Thompson was 22% owned. To have zero just means that it didn't lay. So RBX also. Zero for Thompson, but he did have Sengun. So he he was around post lock. That, that wood news came out. Was that after lock or just before lock? I mean, he's still have time to late swap. Those games, I think, were an hour later. So just looking through. So you, you were very easy to pay up for for stud type players because I mean, you have fifty three hundred dollars chalk guy, thirty eight hundred, thirty four hundred, forty five hundred, forty four hundred, thirty two hundred. So it was a very stars and scrubsy type of build, and a lot of this and a lot of the stars got there. A lot, a lot of people put up uh, but 70 points yesterday. Uh, 
If I would have played, I probably would have didn't did decently. Because I mean, I would I would have just slammed some of the, the the Warriors and Chalk and Brandon Williams anyway. But it would it have gotten me all the way to the top? Who the hell knows, right? I'm playing tonight. I'm playing tonight on FanDuel. FanDuel's so much softer. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna focus a lot more, especially before baseball season, on FanDuel over DraftKings because obviously we see that that no matter what site you, you you play on, that in the beginning of the season the fields are are, are a bit softer, right? The fields, the fields are a bit bigger. They they have a little bit bigger contests. And then that kind of, dra- you know, drains over time as people, you know, as bad players go broke or stop playing. So uh, FanDuel, it, it, for the past several seasons, I, I, I noticed that FanDuel is is softer. But the, the, the thing is that the ownership, it's, it's much harder to uh, project ownership for FanDuel than it is to DraftKings, at least from, from my perspective. I know we have... Uh, we have ownership uh, out on our site, and I, I do I do modify it based on what I see around the industry. Uh, the thing on DraftKings is that uh, for the large field GPP, it's a little bit more predictable, right? And I think that's that that goes to the the, the field strength because I I think uh, you know especially the large field GPP has like a fifteen dollar eighteen dollar twelve dollar you know some something like that. Uh, we've seen results DB, what, like 30, 31,000 entries for, it's like a $15 entry. So like 150 maxers make up more of that field than on FanDuel where their contests are typically single digit and have like a 50,000, 60,000 entries in it. So like just the, the sheer amount of, uh, of 150 maxers, which tend to be good players, uh, are more, they're more percentage of it in the drafting contest and the FanDuel contests, which also makes it harder to project ownership because you're going to get a lot more bad lineups on FanDuel. So someone that sticks out like Cameron Payne or someone or Kevin Looney, like that we have currently in our projections, it's only the, this is only the early morning algorithmic projections. Our projection teams will come in and uh, make manual adjustments to start the day. Uh, like we have like 58% ownership here on Payne. He may not be 58. He may end up at 46, right? Uh, but on DraftKings, it's I, I think it's much more likely. We don't, we don't, I'll, I'll reload this just to see. Uh, I'm going to look over here. Let's take a look. Yeah, we have 64% for Cameron Payne over here. And, uh, He's more likely to come in at like 70% on DraftKings, more likely to go up on DraftKings because sharper players and FanDuel go down. Uh, let's see. Uh, going through the YouTube chat. Yeah, I didn't welcome the YouTube chat people. The YouTube chat people. Uh, let's see. Masuki Singh, he's always here early. Steve Anthony, Archie Bremen, Daniel Hutchings, Trey, Kickout Clicker, right? I didn't welcome you. I didn't wish you good morning. Give me those thumbs ups. I mean, I, I always have to, to beg people for the thummy thumbs ups, downs, whatever. Uh, subscribe buttons, click anything you want. We also have a, a, a new channel, Scores and Odds, right? Uh, I think it's youtube.com slash scores and odds. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, I think there's probably a link in the description. Uh, link in the description or uh, on the, the Grant has the live lock show. You should find it somewhere. It's somewhere. It should be somewhere, right? So the for for all your all your betting needs, for all you if you if you want if you want the locks, you know my opinion on locks. I'm not a big fan of the name of the show, but whatever. If you want 
the Grant's Grant's prop prop betting action that that he does. Typically, he's he's typically he's not he's not waking up that early, right? We all know Grant. He ain't waking up early in the morning. He's not watching this show, but he'd probably be up by what? Because he's in Colorado, so that's like noon for him. So he's probably just getting out of bed and looking at the prop bets for for that day. So if you if you want uh, the, his opinions and everything, go to the Scores and Odds YouTube channel at two p.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. He does all his all all his all his betting stuff, and then we we he also has a has a channel. In, in our Discord, uh, the Grants Action Lounge, I believe that's what it's called. And then uh, then Chief also has a, has his, his prop betting channel. So if you want to join that, join Roto Grinders. Uh, I, I, be- I I'm I'm not sure if they're free anymore. I'm not sure. Maybe Devin will come if, if Grants channel's free. I think Ch- Chiefs is. So if you just sign up to Roto Grinders with a free a regular account, you'll be able to get into with the free channels in our Discord. My channel, you have to be premium, right? Because you know. I'm a pain in the ass. And Chief, yeah, could, I, Chief's channel is actually free. Grants is free for now. Okay, so Devin, Devin just just uh, chimed in that uh, that Chief's channel is free, but Grants channel is free for now, for now. So you so get in wallet, get in wallet hot on the Scores and Odds YouTube channel. Just subscribe over there. YouTube, let, let's see, youtubecom Scores and Odds. Is it, it? Let's see, Scores and odds i'm not even subscribed to it i'm, I'm very bad no nope, no nope, that, that that doesn't exist scores and odds how about scores odds devin can you please tell me what the youtube channel is oh eli i dropped it in oh do we do we even have a name for the ch- do we did we not name the channel yet someone has to get on that to, to change the youtube url right because uh, what am i supposed to say it's youtube.com slash channel slash uppercase c uppercase c yeah a g b dash b w z eight s j eight that's also the my pin code for my atm so hopefully you don't you don't use that so you can see here so we have uh you know we have all all of the scores and odds so subscribe hit that subscribe button of scores and odds uh because that started up this week and also, and also, oh, we also have the, the spike week, the best ball stuff. If you're, who's drafting best ball for NFL in March? Who's doing it? I guess degenerates are. So if you if you want that, go to spikeweek.com. Uh, let's see, going through the YouTube chat a little bit. Daniel Hutchinson's uh, added, uh, like the, what I said before, uh, I recently added a percent maxers column to my spreadsheet. Very important, yeah. DK Main yesterday was 32%, 150 maxers. Right. And people that play 150 lineups are typically putting in 150 very good lineups uh, because you're not going to last long playing bad lineups 150 at a time. Right. So every once in a while, you'll see, oh, this new person put in 150 lineups. You ain't going to see them a month from now, most probably. You're going to lose too much money doing that. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, kick house clicker kicker says, uh, I find baseball to be more dis- difficult than NBA or NFL. I have no interest in it. Oh, I, I disagree. I prefer baseball over, over basketball and, and NFL. Maybe not NFL. And there's just too much money in NFL. I mean, that's, that's really the appeal to me that it's the softest fields. It's not, it's not easy, but it's softer than all the other sports. There's more dead money in those contests. But NBA is just a lot of work, right? And it's not like there's no edge in NBA. There is an edge in NBA because of all the late news and all the all the stuff shifting around late swap. There is, just that it's a lot. It's a lot more work, right? 
right? This slate, this slate tonight is one, two, three, four, five, six. See, these are the types of slates I don't mind, right? I don't mind the large slates. It's just the, it's the times, right? It's the times that matter. So here tonight, we got a seven o'clock, a seven o'clock, a seven o'clock, a 7.30, an eight o'clock, and then a 10. So really all my work, you know, I start building lines around six, right? I tune in, I tune into Grinders Live, the end of Grinders Live, which is later today on this channel. Click that notification bell to know when that happens. And then we got the crunch time premium with Andy and, and Kevin Roth and everyone. And I listen to that while I'm building my lineups. I'm adjusting ownership. I'm doing all, all my all my magic, building my lineups. And then seven, we get news or whatever. Then we got three seven o'clock games. And then I gotta make sure what well, how is this Pelicans Grizzlies lineup gonna show up? Okay, maybe I need to do a late swap at 725. And then we got the Bucks Thunder game. So it's like 755. Maybe there's some news or something. I got to swap there. And then they're pretty, I'm pretty much done for the night. Like unless unless something really dramatic happens for the, the Clippers-Warriors game, some unexpected stuff, I'm pretty much done, right? So like eight, eight o'clock comes around, boop, I, 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 could, I could have my dinner, spend some time with my wife, watch Netflix or whatever, and be perfectly fine. Turn on the Roto-Grinders app notifications just to make sure the Clippers Warriors game starting lineups are as they should be. And then, then that's it. So like, I don't mind if it's like 10 games and it's, and it's spaced out like this, but when we have, when we have slates where it's, it's, it's nine or 10 games, we got one at seven, two at seven 30, two at eight, one at eight 30, two at nine, two at 10 and one at 10 30. I just throw me off a roof at that point. Cause that just, that just basically means I need to sit at, sit at my computer uh, for for essentially four hours, which which is fine, which is an edge in doing that. It's fine. It's just a lot more work, a lot more work. Baseball, the typically, other than the West Coast games, almost every all the lineups are right by 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 six thirty. Even the West Coast game lineups are occasionally all the Diamondbacks haven't haven't released their starting lineups. They're playing at nine forty, or the Padres or Dodgers at ten ten. And it's like, that's the only lineup that's not out. Or the Angels. Typically, it's Joe Maddon, right? The Angels lineup isn't out. It's Tyler Wade in. You know, like, you need to know that for your, for your Angel stacks or something like that. Uh, uh, or Taylor Ward. That's what I'm talking about. Taylor Ward. It's always Taylor Ward. Or Justin. Is Justin up thinking to play? They have him at 2,800, and he made that cleanup, and then he's not in, right? But typically, that lineup will come out at 730, right? So a half an hour after lock. And then you got to switch out some stuff. And then you're done. Then you're done. You're done for the night. There's, done, there's no more work to do. You, you check in on stuff on your MLB app, and you could get on with your life, right? Maybe you put on MLB TV and you're watching a couple of games at the same time for 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 whatever reason. That's it. NBA a lot more work. That's that's really what it comes down to. That's why I would prefer MLB. And also MLB is very correlation based. You're pretty much stacking teams. So, you know, I'm not concerned enough about, do I play this seventh hitter or that sixth hitter? Just like, no, I'm, sta I'm stacking the Yankees with the Diamondbacks. I'm stacking the Red Sox with the Astros. You know, like, I'm picking two pitchers and give me a lineup there. Give me a lineup here. Give me a lineup here. You know, what positions, what batting orders, I whatever. Give me whatever I need, right? Much easier. I could show up 15 minutes before a baseball slate and, and, and pump out 100 lineups. No problem that are, that are competitive, that are good, plus EV, I guess. Uh, and there's a lot more variance. So on a day-to-day -day basis in, in, in baseball, you know, the, the team with the highest team total can score two runs. And the team with the lowest team total can score uh, 15 runs. 
It can happen. If you if you like embracing variance, baseball is is much better than than NBA. JWH in the YouTube chat. Feel free to add to the YouTube chat. Feel free to say hi to Devin. Devin doesn't produce this show that often. This is a special occasion. Can't you tell from the production value that that Devin? Can't you tell that Devin is producing the show? It always looks better. Oh, it always looked. I don't know what it looks like, but it probably looks better. It should. The the transitions between the intro and what it, it maybe maybe I don't know. Does it matter? Eli does a good enough job, and Steve's here every once in a while. Okay, and the YouTube chat. Add your questions. What else are we going to talk about? Right, we're going to talk about tonight's slate. Who knows what? Like, like, like I always say this because I I always get a message. I get a, a message on average maybe once a day or a comment in YouTube. You didn't go over today's slate on the pregame show. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. If we went over today's yesterday's slate at 11 o'clock, it would have been all wrong, right? LeBron's out, Vooch is out, Wood's out. What's the point, right? That's why you tune in to Grinders Live later today, right? Five o'clock, 445, whenever they start. They move that around over time. I don't know, but you'll see, you'll see them hit the notification bell. They'll know when, when they go live. And then crunch time for premium members. Right, that's that's to me. That's where I get all my information. Because Andy comes on and Kevin comes on, and then I know in real time this guy's in, this guy's out, this thing and whatever. Both sides, DraftKings, FanDuel, they're all over the place, and it gives me, you know, it's like having like the twenty four seven news, like a news channel, like CNN for NBA basketball, like right on while I'm building. And like, oh, I got to change this. Oh, I got to change that. Right, so I know. So that's what you should be doing. Me going over the slate. What's that going to do for you? Nothing. That's why we talk about strategy. That's why I answer your questions in the YouTube chat. JWH asks, I know you've talked about the importance of ownership projections, but yes. Do you project every player ownership or just projections up and down from a baseline? Say the RG ownership projections, for example. Yes, I use the RG ownership projections as a baseline, right? I use the RG projections as a baseline for the player projections also, for everything, right? I eat my own dog food. I'm not here saying, oh, Sign up for Roto Grinders. It's the stuff that I'm promoting, but I don't use. No, I've been using Roto. I've been using Lineup HQ and the projections for all sports uh, for Roto Grinders since I've started playing. Since for six years, okay. This is what I use, right? I'm not just saying this, but yes. But I do look around the industry, right? People have different opinions on different minutes, right? Especially in NBA, models could be slightly different. And I want to know what other people are looking at. I'm not trying to decide who's correct. That's not the point of DFS to me. The point is how probable, probabilistically versus what the field is going to do. And if I know that a portion of the field is looking at something else, I want to know what they're looking at. Because maybe I maybe I go over to another source and they have Kevin Looney at 28 minutes for whatever reason. I don't think they would, but whatever. Or 22 minutes. Well, like based on our projections, Kevin Looney is going to be 47% owned based on our projections. But maybe if other sites, other sources have Kevin Looney at 22 minutes, right? We bumped that down to 22 minutes and now his projection goes to 25.07. Well, he's not going to be 47% owned. He's probably going to be like 20, 26% owned or something. Whatever, I'm making up a number, right? So that's the type of stuff that I would do. Not necessarily i may not even change the minutes right but i may change the ownership looking around the industry we may we may have may have uh uh two three four point higher projection on someone than most of the industry 
we may be right, right? We may be, we may end up being right, but everyone else is looking at other stuff also. So that's that's the main reason why I do. It's not a matter of of who's right. And a lot of times I split the difference. So if there's a big enough discrepancy, I'll I'll split it right in the middle. Like for instance, like let's take Kevin Looney, right? If I see uh, one, here's another another source has 27 minutes. This source is 24 minutes. This source is 26 minutes. We have 25, right? Like, what's the difference, right? Maybe I maybe I set it at 26. Maybe I bump it up to one minute. But I, I'm doing it primarily so I could adjust the ownership properly, right? And there's sometimes there's sometimes you, you, sometimes people are on for no apparent reason. Sometimes you look around, you look around, you see what people are talking about, you read some articles. And then some someone comes in at 12% owned that, that you think should be 30% owned. But that that calculation dramatically affects like the lineups that are going. So I need to know that. So the, the point is, is not about getting better projections. It's more about what are people looking at. And that's what my game is geared on. If your game's not geared necessarily uh, strongly on that, then it's not, it's not as important. I just want to make the best lineups possible and be as accurate as possible with the player projections. Okay. Perfectly fine. Me. I don't, I don't care about the accuracy of the player projections. I care about the accuracy of the ownership projections. In fact, in NBA, I could even build my lineups based on ownership. Like I could remove the player projections entirely. Like I can remove Cameron Payne, 39.88. I can, re- I can remove everything off of this, this page other than the peon and still build plus EV lines. Well, how do you do that? Well, ownership is typically tied to value, right? The, the reason why Cameron Payne we have projected on, on let's go to DraftKings, for instance, right? Where he's, where he's only 5,300 as opposed to 6,600 on FanDuel. If I see, if I took away everything else on this line and just showed you that this guy is going to be 64% owned, you would have to infer that his projection is really, really good, right? For 5,300. So if we start, if we eliminated all these, if we eliminated fantasy points completely, like I could build, like here's the optimal, for instance, currently based on our algorithmic early morning projections. 303.15 is the total median projection of this lineup. 244.20% ownership sum. Okay, so a lineup with that ownership sum is probably a very highly projected lineup. A lineup with an ownership sum of 200 probably projects lower. How much lower? I don't know. But let's say just using ownership, I did not have the fantasy points. I mean, I can go in. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could, let's see. I can't, I can't click and delete all of them. I would have to upload a CSV with all the zeros in it. But, uh, but if I just went by, I want lineups that have 200 total ownership. If I just went into build rules and said, I don't care about the projection. I just want lineups between 180 and 200. Let's, let's just say, let's put 20 there, right? I'm just looking for, I'm just looking for, for 20 lineups between these two ownership sums, right? And there you go. Like, I don't even need the player project, like the player projection column could be completely wrong, right? We don't care about the points. The points aren't even going to be there. All I'm going to see is 197.92. And it's going to be a lineup with Rogier, Shemet, Marketing, Crowder, Aiton, 
shy, love, loony. So basically without pain. Uh, do any of these lineups have pain in it at all? Yeah, five of these lineups. Okay. Let's go to the pain. Let's say you wanted to play pain, right? Because then you'd obviously have to find some 11%, some lower owned players in order to get in between that 180 and that 200. So even if I did not have the player projection, as long as my projected ownership is reasonably enough accurate, I could, I could build GPP lineups. I could build that lineup for any field, any size, any type of context, just with that. It's, it's harder to do that in, in other sports because of the correlations involved, right? NBA, there's, there's very weak correlations. You're not caring that much about it. In baseball, you can't really do it this way. I want a lineup that is X percent owned. It's like, yeah, but I also want five-man stacks. I also want, right? You have five guys, one guy on, on the same team, right? One guy's 20%, one guy's 15%, one guy's 10%, one guy's 8%. It's like, but most likely all those four players are going to be in the same lineup together as well. So it's not just individual player ownerships. It's the combined block of ownerships together because people stack. So more, if, if you're playing Xander Bogarts in a lineup, it's more likely to have JD Martinez. in. It's more likely to have whoever on the Red Sox in. it. So you can't necessarily just go by by ownership sum without any type of player projections whatsoever. But that's that's the main reason why, to me, the way that I play, I, I play from the ownership down approach rather than the projection down approach. That I want to make sure that my, my ownership is as accurate as possible in a slate. And since most sites, including ours, typically project ownership in, a, in an algorithmic-based way, uh, you you miss the the human the human nuance, right? Humans are irrational. Right? A lot of times, ownership projections are based around a rational market, or at least a closely rational market. And uh, the market doesn't it could be way more irrational than than you think. So I try I try to judge the irrationality of the market and add them to the to the, the ownership projection. Uh, 6A King NYC asks, uh, let's see, going through. Let me go through. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Do I use the true range randomness or regular random? It doesn't matter. Those are all diversification settings. It depends on how diverse your lineups you want to be. There's no magic buttons on an optimizer. What I use doesn't matter. It, does, it literally doesn't matter. What diversification? All these builds, all these these things are for diversification purposes. Do you want that? Do you want twenty lineups with every all with seven of the same guys, and then one different guy? Well, that's a very not very diverse lineup set. So that would be a number of unique players. One. There may be a reason why why you, I want to I, I want a lot of these people and just random you know just whatever, and the rest of you, you may want that especially on a slate with a lot of like hard, hard value. Like last night's slate, last night's slate, you're, we're essentially playing four V fours or at least five V fives. You're probably playing pool. You're probably playing Brandon Williams. You're probably playing at least one of Lee or Moody. And then you're probably playing at least one of Thompson or Sengun. So it's like, how many unique players do I need now in my lineup? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, jamming in 90 per plus percent of like four different guys 
So my diversity settings are probably going to be very low. I don't need as much diversity because I don't have that many slots left. But maybe you want to be more. Maybe your risk tolerance is, is, is lower than on that specific team. Kyle Brown, do you use groups when building stars and scrubs? No. And for a balanced approach to 150s. If so, one is more significantly used than the other. No, you still, the, the number one, number one thing, this is why I would recommend. I mean, I have like 700 hours of content. I've answered these questions probably more than a thousand times. And I'm, of course, I'm exaggerating, but a lot. Okay. What you're asking doesn't matter. Okay. Once you get it, once you get it, you're going to make a lot of money playing DFS. Okay. Once you understand that, do you use groups? Do you do this? Do, all you're doing is trying to build plus EV lineups. So you care about the individual lineups here. Boom. I'm building 20 lineups with whatever. I don't know. Did I still have the 180 in it? Did I, did I eliminate that? So all I'm doing is looking, is this lineup with 244% ownership and 303 median projection for the contest that I'm playing, is this plus EV? Do I have any players in here that I think uh, have a limited negative co uh, correlation that they can't get there at the same time? Then they can't. Holiday and Portis could still get there at the same time. Three guys from, from Phoenix could still get there at the same time. But maybe it still caps my, caps my ceiling a little bit. So maybe I'm, I'm going to choose to not play a lineup with two bucks in it, with uh, multiple bucks in it. Right? Look, here's, here's a lineup with three bucks. Giannis, Holiday, and Portis. Can they all appear in the winning lineup? Sure, of course they can. But it's a lower probability that they all get flame emoji. Right, I'd rather Giannis get all the points or Holiday get all the points and Giannis have have a a snowflake. I'd rather that if I'm, if I'm playing large field GPPs especially. So maybe I look at this and I go, maybe maybe lineups that only have one buck maybe are better. Like this lineup, maybe you know projects a little bit lower, slightly less owned but maybe have more of a shot at a, at a first place finish. I don't care about the median as much. Do I want to play Love, Market, and Mobley together? Maybe maybe I don't want to play three of those guys together, right? Especially since Love comes on for some, some of these from, from Mobley and Marketing. They're cheap enough that they, they still have a probability of both getting flame emojis together, but it may be a little less likely. Middleton and Portis. So I take a look at some of this stuff and I go, from a lineup to lineup perspective, look, I'm not looking at exposures. I'm not looking at anything else other than the actual lineups. So I'm going, do I want to play Payne and Shemet together? Yeah, you can. They're cheap enough. And Crowder? Yeah, the Suns are cheap enough. that I, I, don't, I don't mind that. But Love and Mobley. So maybe I go in and I create a group that Love, Mobley, Markinen. And then I'm also going to go in Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, Portis by one. You could also go into the, 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 the build rules and do player per team. I could just go like Milwaukee, only one, right? I could do that. Or you could use a player group for that. So min zero, max one, right? So I looked at those. Okay, now now give me 20 other lines. So now I'm going to see what, what, 
the lineup's showing, right? So here, if I get Nora in there also, maybe I don't want Nora to get. I only, I only want one buck. I want to eliminate. I want to. I want to try to maximize my ceiling. They're they're priced. It's the, the butts are priced expensive enough that uh, maybe you could play. You could play. It's a shorter slate. I mean, yeah, it's a six game slate. If it's a larger slate, I'd more, this this is what I'd more likely do. So I'm going to run just 20 lineups just for 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 speed sakes. And I see this and I go, okay, Payne, Shamed, Crowder, Love, Claxton. Because that's uh, uh, what Aldridge is out, right? So Claxton probably should get the the backup center minutes because I mean, Drummond's still there. So as you see here, I'm not looking at my, I'm not looking at exposures. I'm not looking at anything. I'm looking at the actual lineups. I have four sons. Do I want to play four sons in a lineup? Would I rather would I rather play different lineups? All these guys can really get, they can get there against Orlando, but maybe I don't. Okay, maybe I don't. I want to eliminate those types of lineups. Maybe that would be a reason if I wanted to to create a group of Aiton, Crowder, Shemet, Payne. Okay, so let's just let's just say I wanted to build twenty lineups. I, like, that is what I want to build. So I'm going to run this again. I'm going to look at the individual lineups. Rogier and Martin, I could play that together. Love and Osman, I mean, they're cheap enough, right? I could, I could do that. Right, Love here. I look through, I look through these lineups, right? Right. I'm getting a hundred percent Looney and a hundred percent Payton. Like, let's just pretend I'm building twenty lineups. I'm not worried about ownership even. Just, let's just make it very simple. Maybe you're like, I don't want to play Kevin Love in ninety percent of my lineups. Maybe you don't want to take that risk. It's a risk tolerance thing. I've already determined that these 20 lineups are good. Let's just say. I've already determined that. But I could use it. But I don't, I don't want to play. I only want to play 50%. Okay. I don't want to play 100% Kevin Looney. Maybe I don't, in, my, in, my, uh, in my 20 lineups, I only want him in, in, in 70%. Just make a number. Cameron Payne, I don't mind in all of them. Right? We got SGA, we got Rogier, Cody Martin, right? So I decide what my risk is. Do I want Kevin Love? Maybe I think Kevin Love is over-owned. Maybe that, I, he's going to be 35% owned, and I think he's over-owned for 35%. Maybe I only want him at 20%. Maybe. So now I'm just going to run 20 more lineups like that. I put in some risk preferences. I've already determined I could play those 20 lineups. The problem is, is that I have all the Looney. If Looney does bad, then I'm dead, which is fine. If Looney does great, I got tons of good lineups, right? Tons of 20 lineups towards the top. So now I look at this and I go, okay. Well, now that I'm not playing that much love, I'm going to play a lot more marketing. And I look at the individual lineups. Maybe I don't want to play Love and Osmond together. Don't they come? They, they both play in the second unit. I haven't paid attention to the Cavs rotation. Maybe I don't want to play Osmond and Love together. They're cheap enough. You could get away with it. Osmond and Mark, and maybe I add that to the list. Let's put Osmond in there from the Cavs. Put Osmond there. I go back. I build 20 more lineups. Right? Maybe I look at that the projection versus the ownership now. 
I go, okay, 200 at 287, 286. There's something that's really low, 280 at 179. Okay, that isn't bad. Probably wouldn't play Holiday and Kane. They're cheap enough, you could. Kane and Bridges, you can. So maybe I want to create a group. So I'm not playing Holiday and Kane together. I don't think they share the court at the same time. Maybe I go in, I separate those guys out. Holiday and Kane. Then let's make let's make fifty lineups, for instance. Okay, I'm melting 50, 50 lineups, and I and I think Love is over owned, so I don't want as many lineups with Love. Now I'm going to go through. I'm looking lineup to lineup. Which lineups do I think are plus EV? Right, based on based on this, I already got, I got a lot of Rogier, I got a lot of Markinen, but I got a lot of Cody Martin. Maybe I don't want. Maybe I don't want to have. Most of my night predicated on Cody Martin. So maybe I only play him in 30% of my lineups. Do I want it all on, on Laurie Marketing? Maybe not. Maybe I only want to play him in 40% of my lineups. Right? I'm putting in my risk. It's not a, not a do I want to be over the field or under the field? All I'm doing is diversifying. Right? Do I want it? No. I, I Rogier in 50% at max. Maybe SGA in 50% max. Right, because I want diversification. I can still find lineups that have him in it or him not in it. But I'm putting in my risk preference. Cameron Payne, I don't mind in 100% of my lineups. He's projected so well, who cares? If he dies, he dies. So now let's say I'm building 50 lineups, but I only want to play 20. I'm only going to be playing 20. I'm playing the 20, the, the, the four max, the 20 max, $4, whatever, right? So now I look. Now I'm a much more diverse. I have a much more diversified lineup set now. Right? But now I only want to play 20 of them. So I, I'm going to look, and I'm just going to look lineup to lineup. Which 20 do I want to play? Right? 200, 287 at 200. 287 at 200. Okay, that's fine. 286 at 196. 286 at 195. 286 at 194. 286 at 197. Do I want Amir Coffee? Maybe I don't want to play this lineup. Okay. So it's, a, it's a little bit higher owned than the lineup above. Same thing. This is this projects a little bit lower. Right? So we're looking at 194, 195. Maybe I don't want to play that lineup. 191. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I don't play this lineup. 197, 199, 193. Maybe I don't mind that. 193, 190. 188, 190. Let me get rid of this lineup. Let's get rid of anything under 190. This is 186. Because now we're down to 283 projection. Right? This is close enough. 282, 182. Okay, so anything, yeah, one anything 10 points higher in ownership and the projections low. So I'm gonna get rid of this. 192, 190, 185. We get okay. Here's a 181, 185. Can we beat 181 here? 178. So basically, all we're doing is, as the projection gets lower, the ownership should also get lower, to some reasonable extent. If it's very close, you can still play those lineups. Those are still fine. But I can only I'm only playing 20, so I I want to be discernible on what 20 that I'm playing. All right. So I get rid of this one, maybe 175. So that's lower. 175. 177, close, 184, 164, 164, 169, 
Let's get rid of anything. 165, 168, 164, 161. So maybe I, I so what, how many lineups do I have? 24 lineups now. So I've eliminated. Now I take a look at my, my exposure. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting a lot more SGA lineups. Maybe I don't want as many SGA lineups. So now I've already determined these 24 lineups are fine, but I'm going to get rid of uh, four of the SGA lineups because I, I want my risk. I don't want my, I don't want to have 71% SGA. You may want to have, say, you may not mind that. Right? We have 79% Kevin Looney. So maybe are there SGA Looney lineups that I could get rid of? Let's go by lowest fantasy points, the lowest projection. Right? Probably you don't play poker and Roby together, so uh, maybe get rid of this anyway. Uh, so let's see. As Here's an SGA Hartenstein. Maybe I don't want to do that. Uh, let's see. Payne, Middleton, Bain, Mobley, Roby, SGA, Coffee, Looney. Oh, that isn't bad. But it, this is the one of the lower SGA Looney lineups. So maybe I get rid of that. Here's get rid of this one. Now I have 20 lineups. There you go. Here we go. Here's the 20 lineups. What's my exposures? It doesn't matter. This, this is all just representation of risk not whether or not each individual lineup is plus EV. Is it good? Based on these owner, based on, obviously we're going based on the algorithmic crap that's from the beginning of the morning. You would have to do this before live, not these exact numbers. I look through and I go, okay, this is, this is, this is a, this should be fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is, and here, here's your 20 lineups. And if you're looking at these 20 lineups going, well, I don't want to play Kevin Looney in 15 out of 20 lineups. Okay, then do exactly what I did, build a whole bunch of lineups and then get rid of the ones that have Looney. So you don't have, so you only have 40%. We have, are the individual lineups good? That's all that should matter. There's going to be tons of Looney lineups that are good. You, you're only playing 20 lineups. Do you want to play all 20 with Looney? You can play all 20 without Looney because you can find 20 Looney line, non-Looney lineups that are good also. So all these exposures are, are a representation of your risk. It's not, it's not a, there's no strategy to it. This guy's going to be 10% owned and I'm going to have 30%. What does that matter if the lineups that those, the 30% of lineups that the guy's in are horrible? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much of them they have, right? Oh, I'm, I'm the guy's going to be 15% owned. I'm going to have 75% of them. So if he does well, I'm going to do great. Yeah, but what happens if he's, what if, you're going to have him in 15 out of 20 lineups and what happens if those 15 lineups are horrible, right? I'm going to play all the Cameron Payne. You can play all the Cameron Payne with, with seven backups that project for two points. But I have 100% Cameron Payne. Yeah, and lineups that are horrible. Lineups matter. Exposures don't matter. So don't worry about, do you use this, the randomness? Do you use this to, Look at the actual lineups. Does the projection and ownership, the ratio between the two, make sense for the field size and contest that you're playing? Is there any absurd enough negative correlation that you probably are capping your ceiling a little bit? 
depends on how much you want to want to cap it. And you know, Rogier and Martin. You know, Martin's only thirty five hundred. So I don't I don't mind that. Typically, typically I, I kind of want to get rid of people that come in and out pretty fast. But if they're really cheap, they can still both get there. So you have to decide where that line, where that that negative correlation line is to you. And in a smaller field contest, you don't need the nuts in all your spots. So you could play, if you wanted to play Giannis and Holiday and Middleton, all three of them together, and you're playing a 200, 300 person contest, I don't care that their ceilings are all three of them hitting, you know, a, 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 an eight, eight X, it's, it's, it's going to be uncommon, but they don't, they probably all don't need to in a contest for that size. You're playing a 30,000 entry field contest, probably shouldn't play all three of them together, right? It's not going to happen often enough that you, that you would be doing it. So that's what you'd be looking at from a lineup to lineup standpoint. The amount of a player you have in your portfolio set is just them. It's just like having stocks, stocks in your portfolio. How many stocks should I own? That, that there's no such thing, right? If you feel strongly about one stock, put all your money in that one stock. And if that does well, you're going to make a lot of money. If it does poorly, you're going to lose a lot of money. If you, if you put 2% on 50 stocks, your likelihood of winning a lot of money, of getting a lot of money or earning in a year or losing a lot of money is much lower because you're more diversified. Some stocks will go up a lot, but you only have 2% of it. Some stocks will go down, you only have 2%, but it, it still comes down to, still you still, gotta, you still gotta have good stocks. Having 50 bad stocks, you're still gonna lose money. Rather, oh, do I wanna have a one stock where I lose all my money or 50 of them do I lose all my money? So the percentage of your portfolio doesn't matter. It only matters when it comes to your risk preference. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Anything else in YouTube chat before we get out of here? People yelling in the chat. Don't ruin it. Let them take their medicine. They're about to receive college. Jimmy Touchdown asks, can you still... Can you steal the course for free on PDF? I don't know what that means, but but I but no, I do have a course. It's a theory of daily fantasies course. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. So no, it's it's not there's no there's no PDF of it. It's 15 hours. It's like going to a seminar. It's like, you know, like if I came if I came to your town and I was in the Ramada Inn conference room. I got a seminar for you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you were there for two days. And me and James McCall, we teach you all, all of these types of concepts. I mean, like literally what, I, what I'm what i describing is in uh, chapter eight, risk management. If we can take a look at the you know risk management chapter, right? Lineup diversification, player exposures, right? Playing multiple contests, playing multiple lineup, variance control, EV and ROI implications of that, lineup diversification. Oh, I just discussed, obviously in a more, much more thought out way here. I'm just, I'm riffing right now. If you want to learn more about those types of concepts and all, everything else, that's why you can see here the entire table of contents. This is all game theory. Apply, you, you can apply this to, to anything. That's why it's not about NBA or MLB or any DFS, any game. A lot of these concepts exist in every in every game. You could go you play Monopoly. Some of these concepts apply for a Monopoly, right? If you're going to play anything, risk. 
board games, chess, poker. It's all game theory. You can go to theoryofdfs.com and pick that up. How to think like a professional DFS player. Once you get it, you get it. Once you get it, you're going to you're gonna think that 99% of the questions you've ever asked are the stupidest thing ever. You can go, I can't believe I was that stupid. Right, that's the, I, I was not thinking about what the game of DFS actually is. Because once you once you understand what it actually is, a lot of these questions just go like, "What? Why? Why? Why is there a point in even talking about it?" So, theoryofdfs.com. Uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the thummy thumbs. It helps us out. Go to the Scores and Odds YouTube channel. Just search it on YouTube, okay? Until they get a custom URL or something for it. Right, so I don't have to give out give out the, the nuclear launch codes in, in the URL in order in order to get you there. So go to youtube.com, search for scores and odds, subscribe to that channel. There'll be some prop betting stuff, and uh, Grant's show is going to be on that channel. Uh, and uh, and if you're here on this channel here on YouTube later today, we got Grinders Live, Grinders Live later today, which who will discuss Dean and the crew. They'll discuss tonight's six game slate. And we got crunch time for premium members. Sign up for premium. You can be part of my Discord channel, which is only for premium members. So sign up, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. So we always in that channel, I answer the same type of questions here. If, you, if you're listening on the podcast and you never hear live, you can always join the Discord and I answer any question you want. And, and that, that's, that's, that's the way to get in touch with me, is to just join the Discord and go into that channel. And then on a, on a mostly weekly basis, I do uh, group coaching calls that are not recorded, right? So it's like, it's a Zoom call. It's like private coaching. So for like one to two hours, mostly weekly. It's about every 10 days or so, whatever. We change times and days just so I make sure to hit people. No, I can't make afternoons, but I can make nights. I can make weekends, but not weekdays, stuff like that. And you get on, we have great conversations in there. So the, the links are always posted in the in the Discord channel to join those Zooms. Typically, we have anywhere from 10 to 50 people for them. And then you could just, you get on video and audio just like this, and you could bring up your screen. People share their rotor trackers. They share their Excel spreadsheets. They sh- we, we go through process stuff. They show me what they're, you know, what, whatever. It's your time. You could use it however you want to use it. So join Rotor Grinders Premium. You get access to that as well uh and uh and devin is even saying in the in the youtube chat any nhl fans out there can tune into our nhl grinders live as well 3 p.m eastern as well uh, starting tuesdays and thursdays going forward oh we're, we're doing more content here so if you're gonna play hockey you're gonna play nhl hockey tuesdays and thursdays nhl grinders live 3 p.m eastern so tune into that and, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll go over how much Cameron Payne sucked his chalk. Because, uh, you know, that, that possibly could happen. And uh, answer your DFS strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 